fucking Christ, my gumar won't get off my back. I just, I need a real, I need a greasy, greasy wop to get me out of this. I must got to summon Bob. I will sing this song of his people. Yo, daddy's here to beat the shit out of you, kids. What's up? How you doing? <laughs> Everyone, welcome to Original Podcast Do Not Steal, a podcast where uh... every week I, Prince Devin, Amber Autumn, and sometimes a third guest, Bob, return guest, talk about a certain property at length and create an original character within that space. And what are we doing today, everyone? Oh We're talking God. prestige uh... TV. We're talking Sopranos. We're doing a fancy, high-class, classy episode, which is why we got Bob back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you got me back. You know, when, when Devin told me, hey, we're doing Sopranos, my first thought was, you haven't done it already? I mean, this is, this is, this is top culture, TV, cinema. I mean, people, you know, not for nothing. It's the best TV show on the no, it is. It is like a. It is like a staple, and it is almost surprising that we haven't done it already. But I think, I think the more I do this show, the more I like understand the true insane breadth of like franchises that we know about that we have in our body to talk about. Like we are nowhere near running out of stuff. Not remotely. We could. I really feel like I could do another ten seasons and not run out of stuff. Absolutely, and I'm like when it comes to Sopranos, especially for me, being like you know the little greasy goomba Italian American boy. This is like our uh, you know our fairy tale. This is what we look at. This is uh, what everybody talks about. Like, oh, look at you! You're getting big. You look like you know Tony Soprano over here. You know, this is quintessential Italian Americana right here. Yeah, and before we get too far into the weeds of The Sopranos, because I do have lots of things to say, and specifically why Bob is on here, and that makes perfect sense for covering The Sopranos, but before we do that, we have a new segment for returning guests called The Clapback, wherein you are allowed to discuss the OCs that you had a hand in making and see if you do or do not agree with their placement we did for the tier list. So, Bob, we made uh, Taxes, the big titty eco-archaeologist, and we risked her an F, straight up an F tier OC. <laughs> uh, you also had James Gandolfini, the Brooklyn Wizard, who we put in A tier. So, you know, how are you feeling about those rankings? You know, it only grows with age. You know, uh, you know, taxes really was it really came from you know uh, a primal place. And if it was anything higher than uh, F, I don't think I could have grown. You know, but James Gandolfini, I mean, come on. what are the I mean, like? I mean, that's what you need. That's what we need nowadays. You know. But no, yeah, Jeez. big titty taxes, girl. That's not gonna, yeah, eco archaeologist, some bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> can you be so gracious about that, Robert? I mean, you know, you gotta know what you know. You gotta, you gotta know where you come from to where you're going. You know, that's a quote from the that's a quote from uh, the Sopranos. Is it? Wow, wow, you're uh, <laughs> connecting it. Honestly, it could also that, to be real. You could also lie about any uh, like quote from uh the sopranos just so long as it sounds like some like out of out of breath old italian man from jersey said it yeah you just gotta breathe <laughs> super fucking heavy breathe heavy and hard and be like oh that is, no no i i remember i remember when tony said that 
just be like, you know, not for nothing, but the gabagool is next to my prep, and how am I going to make sure my prep and my gabagool don't get mixed up? You know, it sounds like it could have been something from there, but hey. Uh, I'm, I'm I will say, on the subject of us not having done The Sopranos, um, uh, the, uh, while it is a, a, a classic piece of Italian-American, uh, you know, art, uh, to my knowledge, neither Devin nor I are Italian-American, so really, we needed you for this episode. We couldn't it, have done this without you. It's the uh, it's the token uh, Italian, you know, everybody has to have one, just so they can kind of point and be like, well, at least we're not that kind of white person. I have a lot of Italians, but... Um... Well, okay. then you can keep pointing and say, like, well, not that kind of white person. Right. We, I can, we <laughs> maximum love an opportunities ethnic to do that. On this podcast. Ethnic white. <laughs> so before Bob and I get into the Sopranos, we're going to talk for forever. Amber, do you have any relationship to the Sopranos at all? Yes and no. Um, it is obviously like. Like, it's in pop culture, right? And I I have watched my share of video essays. I, like, I understand um, the basic themes and I understand, like, its place as kind of the, the, the prototypical prestige TV, right? The show that invented the prestige TV, you know, uh, purportedly. I don't know how true that is, but that's, like, the narrative around The Sopranos. And, you know, I know how it ends, right? Like, I know how it ends better than I know any of the stuff that happens in it, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like cultural osmosis is basically all I have for The Sopranos. I've not seen an episode, just occasional clips. Okay, that's good. Uh, Bob, would you mind if I go first? Because I have two things just up top I want to get out in the episode before we uh, do the thing where we just laugh about specific moments. Is that okay with you? Hey, pretty please. All right, cool. So here are my two things up top about The Sopranos. One is that to do, like, my highfalutin artistic read on The Sopranos. The Sopranos is a show wherein, like, sort of the key conflict is you have all of these characters who want to live in, like, an idealized 50s sort of morality, looking back on, like, the origins of the mafia, but they constantly have to be, like, modern-day, at the time, 90s guys who are, like introspective and in touch with their feelings and that makes the job of being a mafioso more difficult and also part of the reason that they want to go back to that old code is because all of their understanding of the mafia comes from gangster movies so it's like a double play that this code they want to go back to is something that never actually existed in the first place in all of the ways that butts heads and the second thing i want to say is why it was very important for me to bring bob on is that The Sopranos is art, right? It is an important show, TM, and everything you've ever heard anyone say or write about The Sopranos is how it's important, and it's important when Tony go therapy and the character analysis and the drama and the art of the dream sequence. But The Sopranos is high-key a comedy. This show's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Like, every episode is the funniest fucking thing ever, but we don't like to ascribe meaning to comedy, so no one ever wants to talk about it in that context. But this shit's so fucking funny, and that's why I wanted Bob to be on, to reflect just the fucking (laughs) fact that The Sopranos is high-key slapstick and hilarious. And so Bob's here to give true Sopranos energy. It's gonna be a hoot. Those are the things I wanted to say up top. I really did not expect to hear that i really you know my understanding of it as as being a very serious thing and my understanding of bob as being um uh, a very hijinks oriented person um so 
yeah, that's that's a wonderful subversion already. It was really like uh, like Friends for Italians, you know, to where Friends, you know, it was it was serious. It had a plot line, but it was mostly there because they were making little, you know, it was basically a sitcom that was a drama. Because some of the stuff, like like Devin says, it like happens episode to episode just to be like you know the background material is almost uh family guy skit worthy yeah like what's the the bit where i'm pretty sure it's like post janice and tony breaking up but it's tony in the fucking like (laughs) lazy dad (laughs) robe and he's holding the juices janice this one says no pulp I like one with some pulp, and she just throws the juice back at him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it, you're, you're looking at, like, everyone like, wants to look at it, right? You know, Sopranos being, you know, mafia, this is all crime, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be deadly people, and you see that they're just an everyman. I mean, like, that, just to, ha- just to argue with his wife, to be like, I don't want a pulp, I want some pulp. It's hilarious to see, like, the six-foot-three, 400-pound wheezing man be nitpicky about the And the, 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 you know, it's something special. It's something special just to see big, heavy, fat Italian man breathing heavy being... <laughs> I, don't want fucking, oh, I don't want that much fucking pulp. I don't know why you got that from me, Anita. Anita, some pulp. Yeah, because the... Is who's the creator? It's not David Simon. That's the Wire. Do you remember the name of the creator of of the Sopranos off the top of your head, Bob? Yeah, it was uh, uh, Imperioli. I forget what it's Martin Pili- uh, Martin Imperioli or something like that. No, he like he's important. For, I want to say David Chase. These are things we could Google, anyways. But like the the two points, like conceptual points for the Sopranos was taking the piss out of the mafia, remembering that these are just fucking dudes, just fucking gossipy, bitchy dudes. And also it's because (laughs) the creator hated his mom and wanted to make a show about how much he hates his mom. And so, like, there's a plot point in season one where Tony's mom puts a hit out on her own son and then pretends that she has Alzheimer's whenever anyone asks about it. Yeah. And the entire ep- in the entire series, he like his mom is just like the bitch. Like she hates everything. She doesn't like anything Tony ever does. And Tony's just like, yeah, she's you know she's old, whatever. And I think when like whenever she died, I don't even think he went to her funeral. Really, just a self insert of the, uh, the the director being like, fuck my mom. I hate my mom. And like, and yeah, like The Sopranos is high key art. It is prestige television. So like Tony's relationship to his mom and the fact that nothing he could ever do could satisfy her is something that propels all of his actions moving forward to the series. And so much of the series is Tony going to therapy and trying to unravel and like learn from these things. And Melty, his therapist, the relationship very clearly becomes like Tony is going to say something to Melfi. Melfi is going to say something back. And Tony is not going to, like, internalize that in a way to be better. He's going to internalize that and use this, like, oh, I have a reason for why I'm a dick. 
<laughs> the things that the Sopranos are the best at is taking something and then twisting that to just like justify the action they wanted to take, right? That's like AJ's bad at it because he's a shit fail son, but it's what Tony does. It's what Tony's sister does. It's what Tony's daughter does because she's like the best at this. And so every scene with therapy, yeah, you do learn a little bit more about Tony. You are like interrogating this character's psychology, but it always comes back to like, my mommy didn't love me to the point where like in (laughs) season six, there's a scene where Tony is talking to another therapist and just goes over his dog and goes, my mother, she, uh, she had one of them, uh, borderline personalities really fucked me up. I never got better (laughs) because it's a bit. And that's all. Yeah. I, I had to quickly look it up. I guess the uh, the the creator, that's the word I was looking for. His name is David Chase. Yeah, David Chase. And, he hates his uh, mom. I'm not going to lie. He looks like he hates his mom. <laughs> that is the face. Like, if anybody has time to take a look at David Chase's face, that's the face of someone who did not have a good relationship with their mother. But, yeah. No, like, Sopranos, it's, it's like, with the, the, the setups. Like, even, like, the stuff that's just happening in the back. Like, the main story may be, like, you know, Tony's having an issue, you know, with his family and like the the, the mafia from New York. And in the background, like that, uh, the one episode with uh, the Columbus Day is <laughs> the entire background of like one thing that was setting off his blood pressure that he was telling his therapist about was that his men kept fighting with Native Americans because they wanted to celebrate Christopher Columbus Day. Oh, that's one of the best. Like, I. I don't even know where to start. Okay, have we talked about any characters in the show so I'm not just being like, remember how much of a fucking idiot AJ Soprano is? <laughs> no, we really haven't gotten to anybody of the uh, the cast other than I think, you know, uh, Tony Soprano and his, uh, uh, his therapist, Mafi. Okay, so Bob, you want to you wanna list out a few, of the, a few of the principal characters real quick? Oh, yeah, the principal characters you got to take a look at is going to be... Um, well, whoops, I had just had David Chase's face looking at me. That actually terrified me. Um, so you have uh, Christopher Maltesante. That's like Tony's like little nephew that's joining into the mafia. That like he's like the he's going out. He's getting fast cars and he's, you know, banging hookers and he's doing coke or whatever. Right. And then you got, you know, uh, Silvio Dante, which is like, you know, Tony's right hand man. And then uh, you have Polly Walnuts, who was just the actual psychotic Italian person that's sitting here throwing chairs at uh, spiritual people, uh, yelling at uh, fortune tellers. You know, he's, he's he's getting lost in the you know the the forest, Russian after Russians. It's uh <laughs> oh you you can get big uh, big pussy. You remember, you remember big pussy? You remember how he got I... killed? Yeah, because he was a snitch. I fucking I just love that his name is Big Puss. They made him like the most disgusting womanizing character to where when he got killed, even like his last story was just talking about like like doing sexual acts to like some Spanish teacher, right? To where when he died, you're just like, yeah, that was just a big greasy Italian slime ball. Yeah, fuck him. And that was the that was the big thing, at least for me growing up, like watching it with like my family, is that it, that that was like the uh, the conversations that we would have. It's just like, yeah, you being like. 
talking to my sisters, getting upset and just being like, you know what? You're being like a little rat, like a uh, big pussy. And you're sitting there getting yelled at because you're saying, you know, crazy shit. But yeah. Yeah. And then there's the the, the Soprano family. You got AJ, who's an A-consummate fail son, a new metal millennial kid listening to Slipknot in his room. Just be like, get, get out of here, mom. I'm trying to... <laughs> Remember when AJ tries to have sex with his girlfriend and his idea is to go to his sister's, like, college dorm room? Yeah. It's always just, yeah. Uh, yeah, a totally relatable experience that we've all... What? Are you kidding me? AJ's such a Yeah, just taking out of the Why? It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's... Here's the thing about AJ, first and foremost. He's fucking stupid. AJ's fucking dumb. A silly, silly lad. And then it's, uh, I forget what the, uh, the sister, what was the daughter's name again? Um, I want to say, I also can't remember the daughter's name. This is, I think it was Meadow, right? Googled. Yeah, Meadow, Meadow Soprano. Yeah, Me- Meadow Soprano, who the entire time was just doing shit, I feel, just to piss off her dad, right? Like She's every daughter of- wants to. She's kind of the warmbo of the Sopranos because she's very good at like <laughs> understanding liberal and progressive talking points, but only to the end of like self-aggrandizing and justifying her own negative behavior and place in a mafia family. Yeah, just like you know, Dad, you know, you shouldn't, you know, be saying that about you know, in, instead of saying like African, you shouldn't say that about those blacks. You know, you gotta just like it's like, yo, okay, you're still being rude, but you. You're, you know, it's a, it's a polished turd out of a, a terrible batch. Remember, who the fuck was, like, the actual Italian guy they get to fly over and be part of their... <laughs> was it Furio? Fabio. Uh, yeah, Furio. I said Fabio. Furio. Remember how he has this whole, like, Dawson's Creek-ass plot line where he keeps just, like, looking at Tony's wife and be like, Oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's so beautiful. I wouldn't... But it's it's every single aspect of the show is just like a satire of every Italian stereotype mixed into a beautiful little like drama comedy. Like the more the more did you watch it, like other than just like watching for like the, uh, you know, the murders, the the crime of it. The original like big joke of the entire time was when you watched it like live when it came out back in the day. Each cuss word was like skipped over, like it was like a. a Cutscene dump, and in half of the episodes, there was so much cussing that it would just be like, "Yeah, I got you. Got to go over there, and you got to take out Mother Pauline. You got to, and that, and then like after that, like after half of just like cussing around, they just stand there in silence, just shaking their heads, breathing heavy. Uh, we didn't even get a touch about uh, a couple other characters that we, you know, got to know and love. You got to know and love uh, Ralph, uh, Tony's sister's husband. <laughs> she murders. <laughs> Murdered over some soup. <laughs> the the only way to go out. A nice bowl of minestrone in front of you. I, I love Janice so much because she is the exact type of woman who will shoot her own husband in cold blood and then immediately tell anyone with an earshot, I'm a widower in my life and I haven't been the same since my husband passed, who I murdered. And that's exactly how she did each time. Like, she was like, everybody was like, so how, you, how are you doing, Janice? How's it going? And she was like, oh, you know, I miss him. I miss Smoking. Oh, I miss Like, you killed him. You, <laughs> like, it was you. That was... I, I can't believe that he her was taken daughter. from Yes, you can. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you were saying, it's the uh, the creator's like uh, own like personal plot. Like, like, yeah, my sister's just as crazy as my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat shit, David Chase. We're out. We're out to get you today. Specifically. Yeah, fucking David Chase with your 
two non-symmetrical eyes. Remember when, uh, when she's fucking her new boyfriend and, <laughs> and, and he's like, call me a whore, tell me you're gonna put me back out on the streets. Yeah, just the most outlandish shit. Just coming, like, just, it, uh, it's the entire... So, uh, we've, we've, we've talked a little bit, uh, I mean, more than a little bit about, uh, like, a lot of the specific personal connections. I am curious at this point about the factional connections, the politics, you know, like, uh, like, Tony is in the mob, TM. Are all of the characters, like, just, like, is it following the people at his work and his family? Are there cops involved? Uh, Like, what, what spheres are the characters in this show operating in yeah so with tony he's the head of the uh, the soprano family that he inherited from his father right and so they're like the mafia family that's out of new uh new jersey you know uh a lot of the people like i mentioned before you know like uh paulie walnut silvio dante christopher Maltinati, they're all part of the uh the soprano family and there's like new york families that they have like you know beef with they're trying to keep you know Tony wants to keep the peace, but he doesn't want to lose, like, you know, turf in New Jersey. So there's, like, a lot of tension in between that. And then it also has, just a, like, there's a bunch of uh, too many nameless cops that come in. You know, they pay him off. They, you know, like, oh, they, they stuck me. Now we got to go, you got to go whack a cop. Just the, the it, like I said before, it feels like the culmination of every Italian-American movie talking about the mafia mixed up, but instead of putting it like back, like Devin said, in the, you know, 50s and 60s, it's 1997. Yeah, there is also the FBI are major players, big pussies and informant, and there's a thing later where, um, uh, who is it? It's Tony's, like, junkie cousin like his girlfriend accidentally but be- not accidentally like gets coerced into becoming like a snitch for the f for the fbi and that gets her killed and there's like a bunch of fbi characters who all suck ass and are terrible there's what is it the new york mafia who tony starts to beef with in later seasons and then like things go over the edge because the one guy like I don't want to say sexually assaults Meadow, but it's like, oh, you have white stain on mouth. It's so sexy. Mm. And then Tony's like, you did what to my daughter? I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to kill the shit out of you, dude. Yeah, no, it's 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 an, another like fun part of it was showing like the terrible side of the FBI, regardless of what they do, coming in fucking with shit. There was the uh, the one part where the uh, FBI was uh, uh, had a warrant, uh, a search warrant, and they came in and they like they broke something in the kitchen, which was like fun to me because I was like they're sitting there like they you know, oh uh, this is every day they come in with a search warrant trying to find something to you know stick on us. The uh, the wasn't the FBI agent that broke the the dish or something it ended up being like an Italian, so he just told him you know. Which means go shove it up your ass. So it's a fun connection just to be like, like it can be anybody. Everybody's anybody. It's going to happen. This is an e- everybody's game. But it's still just like the comedy of just the point of fact. Like people are coming in, raiding your house, trying to figure out and get something on you. And you still have just like, just, uh, just like the little hidden thing. Because they didn't even have like subtitles to tell you what that meant. It was just really only for people who spoke Italian. Is there at any point a plot point in which there is um, a diner being used as a front. Uh, not a diner, but you have a uh, you have a deli 
Okay, there is a, a deli. A delicatessen. Yeah, and it was the it was their their smart way of being able to like load up like dead bodies as like you know meat being transported around town or whatever. And it, the in the same time there were uh, different scenes where like people were getting whacked, getting killed. What they did is they took them back to the butchers, used the same thing, and chopped them up into like little cubes. And like right after like that scene was implied, they just showed them like cutting gabagool and putting it into the uh, the cases right after they did it. And so very sanitary the- in New Jersey, you know. And there's the strip club they constantly frequent. I can't remember the name of. And the one fucking Italian restaurant they go to to only get fucking penne with red sauce. It's the only thing they eat in the fucking show yeah, the, other than gabagool. The, yeah, the uh, I believe like the, the I can't remember the name either for the um, the strip club, but that was like the meeting the point. That's where they all went to keep the money. They kept the the cash there from whatever they took in. Uh, like that was like the 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 money laundering side, but it was like I think it was Art's restaurant, and then like I think it was like a dude named Artie, whoever runs yeah, it, I can't DeBuco. remember. And uh, Artie DeBuco, yeah, they started going frequenting there, and I think there was like that fight, like or like some kind of incident with like uh, it was, you know, of course, like uh, what were they? They were um. I don't think there were other Italians. Like somebody was like messing with the restaurant, so they were like finally he finally broke down and paid Tony like you know protection money. And then Tony goes and burns down the uh, the restaurant for insurance money, and then Artie tries to shoot him with a shotgun in broad daylight. Fucking so Artie I'll let you know. Him. I'll let you in my, my my process here that I'm doing here is I haven't seen The Sopranos, but I have seen some amount of '50s noir movies, um, and it sounds like that's kind of a, a big source of inspiration for The Sopranos. And so I'm trying to pull characters from that genre that I could work with. And I, I'm thinking characters, there's like, you know, you have the, the, the person who runs the, the diner that's a front, you have the femme fatale, you have the starlet, you have the crooked cop, you have um, the, the innocent who gets corrupted, uh, you know, probably the best buddy figure. It sounds like you already have most of these in the show already. One thing we haven't talked about is, you know, uh, a staple of Italian Americans, and that is racism and many of the characters on this show are just belligerently racist tony just doesn't like black people (laughs) or the jews so my thought when i was pitching this stupid idea uh just on bob like off air i was like what if what if our character is just someone who's so racist even tony is like jesus christ man calm down (laughs) just stop yeah that is another uh giant point in there that they do everybody is racist and unfortunately that's just neat but it's uh yeah, you was like you were saying we were trying to think of an I uh, a character in OC that just every time he came into the scene and started talking about whatever they were like, oh, Jesus Christ, come down, okay? Like you don't have to talk to him like that. Like you know, they, you know, it's, it's nineteen ninety seven. You don't have to tell you, like you know, it's different words you can use. Yeah, just someone who is aggressively disgusting, and even these mafiosos who are all hardened criminals and horrible people. Like to a point, like in season horrible. six. There, there is such a point of like beating you over the head of like, no, you're not supposed to like these guys. They're not cool. They're bad people yeah. doing a bad thing. Yeah, like you said with that, like they, it's it's hard. Like they do come off as like lovable characters because you see them all the time through all the seasons, right? But at the end, you always have to remember like these are terrible, terrible people yeah, that like, should not be looked up to. Literally, like 
beats beats a stripper to death with a fucking chain. They're bad people. Went to her house, beat her with a chain. Richie beating up Tony's sister. And the, the moment you start feeling bad for Tony's sister, then she just starts, like, you know, shoving things up his ass and, uh, like, whipping him and then shoots him. So it's just like, I don't even know who to like. Are they all bad? Yeah, that, that's the answer. They're all bad. <laughs> So is the vibe like these characters are bad and then they get their comeuppance? Is the vibe like these characters are bad and then nothing bad ever happens to them and that's a reflection on how shitty it is that society will let these people get away with it? What's the what's the vibe on the badness? Well, you see, another thing that The Sopranos is about is the rot at the center of the American dream. So the fact that these people can do a bad thing and still successfully function and to some extent thrive in society is kind of it. And bad things don't happen to you because you're bad. Bad things happen to you because you fuck up. You become a liability. Like Tony's cousin who kills a fucking dog because he's a goddamn junkie. He doesn't die because like he's a bad person he dies because him and tony get into a car accident and tony goes you know if this motherfucker dies i have like seven less problems to deal with and so tony just kind of holds his nose closed so his cousin suffocates (laughs) post car crash they got into just slowly with the most menacing face that i've ever seen in cinema like james gandolfini really put in that like put in that Kubrick stare just you know it showed like no matter how big and like being the center of the uh the whole story Tony Soprano is you know you get like you like his little smile you like how he talks you think like oh you know he's trying to like put things together and it just shows like this menacing monster that you just like again who do I like? These are all bad people. And then Tony spends but no, the like, rest of it... that episode like wanting to be like, I'm so relieved about it, but he knows that that would make him sound evil. So when he tries to talk to Janice about it, he's like, you know, uh, some people say when someone dies, they get a little, they get a little relieved. Is that how you're feeling, uh, Janice? And she, <laughs> she freaks the fuck out. I was like, no, Tony, that's not how I feel. I feel bad. <laughs> But, like, when it comes, like he was saying, when it comes to, like, you know, the comeuppance for people, with the, the story is really just surrounding Tony. Like, even though everybody else is in there and they have, like, their own limelight, like, it's really just the story told by, you know, Tony Soprano. And you see as, like, the season goes on, like, these people that you watched grow, kill, do good, do bad. Uh, you know, get a lot of money, become better at themselves, try to do something different, get arrested, become narcs, whatever, dying off. And then it just ends up becoming more of just Tony trying to figure out what he can do to keep his family good. And that the the big thing that nobody ever liked about this, the, the ending of The Sopranos is that, you know, uh, they're just sitting at a diner, sitting there eating and like the door opens up and Tony looks over and that's it. There's no ending. You make your own ending. And that was the worst blue ball i think i've ever had with a series do you not like the ending then because i've i've heard a lot of arguments that the ending is a really good comma actually it's just it i it, did, it left an opening you know I, I could tell that they were trying to think because like now they have a whole uh new movie coming out a whole new uh like series coming out where it's tony's father so i think like they're just trying to leave it open and keep doing things but I, I really wanted to, you know, it felt like, you know, I was like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Watching it, watching it live, watching with parents, you know, that, that family feel, you know, it was like, this was like a childhood, you know, series that I watched. And when we got to there, it was, you decide, which was kind of cool. But then again, I'm like, 
like let me know like what happens like you know so can i at some point i want to know can i offer you a, a an alternative read because like obviously i haven't seen it but my understanding of the ending is that the point of ending it so that you don't know whether he lives or dies in that moment is that like that's how tony has committed to living the rest of his life is that he could die at any moment and he never knows whether it's going to be the last moment for him or not and that's what the ending is is trying to reflect is you as the audience also don't know whether it's the end for tony because um he's always always one step ahead of death one step away from death at all at all times see now that's the 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 issue is is that uh for italians uh, we're very um we're not patient tell us you know we <laughs> we wasted all this time. Are you gonna, just gonna tell us? You're not gonna finish the story? Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. Like it's a, it's a, it's very art. Like you said, it's, it's an art. It's an art form. It's a, it's an art piece on the dark side of Italian American life. It's beautiful. It was a good. Like I'm not saying. I'm always gonna say The Sopranos is a great, you know, series. One of the greatest series, in my opinion, a cult classic. I just wish, like. I feel like it's more on the point of fact that they're making this new series about his dad and not about what happens after. But, hey, we'll see what happens. And maybe they never will. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're just going to keep leaving it open to understand, like, you know, hey, you never know. Here's what I love about the ending is it's such a legendary fuck you from David Chase. <laughs> because, like, the disdain he has for both, like, intellectual fans of The Sopranos and, like, meathead fans of The Sopranos who think these are cool guys becomes taxed very often in, like, the latter half of the show, and it's funny. But, like, the ending as a fuck you, as a th- just, like, I don't want any of you to, like, have closure because you've all started to upset me. How dare you tell me how to end my shit? But the reason the ending is set to Don't Stop Believing by Journey is because when they were testing songs out, when they got to Don't Stop Believing by Journey, like all of the cast and crew were like, this feels wrong. I think this is the one we shouldn't do. And David Simon said, no, fuck you. That's the one we're doing because you all <laughs> don't want me to do it. That's so funny. I respect that. I'm a contrarian at heart. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was like it was good art. It was a it was a very it was a very thought out ending. But I feel like a lot of answers weren't answered, or like questions weren't answered, and a lot of uh, a lot of opens were left. And but that's a, a that's a good way to end it, I guess. So I have one more question um, before I make a pitch, which is about the the character's proximity to money. Like he's in the mafia, so I assume that a lot of money. I mean, he sort of is the mafia, so I lot. I assume a lot of the money is going through him. But I don't. Is he like rubbing elbows from with politicians and influential people, or is it all pretty like he has money, but he's not living the life of the wealthy? You know. So there's a whole thing with AJ when he enters like college aid. No, when he goes to like a private school and he. Th- thinks he's big money but then he hangs out with people who actually have like big money money and he realizes how little they have and often a thing that comes up is like just how uncultured and sophisticated the sopranos are there's a whole like arc where they go to italy and they're all just like i don't fucking get it why do they keep, why do they eat so much fish i i'm it's an island why are they only eating fish i don't get it so like tony has money Tony is living comfortable. He has big house. But whenever he tries to rub elbows with, like, people with, like, generational wealth and shit, they are out of place and out of touch all of the time. And it's funny. 
it's funny when AJ realizes he's kind of a loser again in his new school. You know, they have all this, you know, they have like the big Cadillacs of the time. You know, he has, uh, you know, the big, beautiful house. He goes out and he plays golf, but he's pretty much just like at the same level as like, you know, a small business owner. You know, it's like, it's like when you have like a lot of money in like a rural town and like you're the talk of the town and then you move to like, an a- like an adequate size town, and you realize that there's people with so much more private jets, private, you know, man, it's 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 like that when it comes to uh, AJ going to college and figuring out like, oh, we're just like high middle class, we're not even high class. Yeah, because like the goal of the mafia is not to become like luxuriously wealthy and own private jets. It's kind of so you never have to grow up, <laughs> and you can just like extort yeah. people for a living and be petty and talk shit forever. They're all such petty bitches who love gossip. It's like just enough money to still be an asshole. Remember when Tony like gets into a car accident with his cousin's girlfriend and everyone thinks it's because they were fucking? And (laughs) the whole episode is just a game of telephone to the point where it ends where like Tony was fucking her like at the fucking doctor's office. (laughs) Like with that, it's just it's like another thing of just showing like this is you know she they got into the car accident you know they had this whole thing but then it just becomes like this little like short skit comedy to where it's just like everybody's passing around like, hey, did you hear the, did you hear that i heard like i heard like you know they had set like they, he was getting hit oh, i hear that like he was like doing the doing the he fuck it's it was hilarious okay so it's a funny show Here's 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 my pitch. Here's my first character concept that I want to run by you. Um, I know that um, we were talking a little bit before this, and I know that Robert, you are interested in the one item on the list of uh, prompt items to be baggy, offensive, and deadly. Yeah, is that still does that remain true for you? Oh yeah, that sounds like a good one. Um, and of the like arch- the like fifties noir archetypes that I listed earlier. The only one that I haven't heard you talk about a character who seems to fit that mold is the Starlet. And you've all talked about uh, wanting a character who's like too racist for Tony. So here's my premise um, is that uh, our character is a, a, a rising movie star or like a, a figure who was on the rise who people have... Uh, like Tony would have a recognition of from the television. It would be like, hey, ain't you that broad from like whatever movie? And she has, she's ended up in New Jersey back in her hometown for reasons of like probably being just like fucking possible to work with. Her career has been shut down because she pissed off the wrong people. She was an asshole to somebody. She fucked up and she's ended up in Jersey and she's trying to put on a face of being uh, still absolutely as big of a star power as ever, not letting on that anything is going wrong with her. And she's ended up back home in Jersey and she's trying to like get a hold of drugs. And so she's trying to like rub elbows with whoever she thinks are going to be like the most influential people because of where she is in her life. She wants to find whoever the influential people are. So she like gets in with the mob and it becomes a... Like, she starts buying drugs from them, right? And it becomes a moment of, one, um, a moment where Tony gets to reflect on how much, like, someone who is much wealthier than he is, who he comes to understand has fallen further than he would, like, even be able to fall with his current wealth. Um, and it gets to be a another, like, character who had it all but who fucked up. And it gets to be, I don't know, like, really noir and and 
you get to have that fun little like fall from grace thing. I think that's pretty solid. I like that. Sopranos, and it, you you went back to like uh, these are people whose understanding of how the world works is tied to media. So the fact that it's like someone Tony recognizes, like, hey, ain't you from the fucking pictures? That makes sense. And also, The Sopranos has harpooned, like, Hollywood culture and stuff. There's an episode with Ben Kingsley. And also, who the fuck directed Iron Man? John Favreau. John Favreau's in a few episodes, and a character tells him to his face, he's like, yeah, you were in that one movie, and it fucking sucked. It was shit. <laughs> it was Boogie Nights. He's like, Boogie Nights sucked. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No, it could definitely be something like that to where it's just like she, uh, you know, she was a big starlet and she moved back to New Jersey, like you said, like, you know, def- and I, li- I like the idea, like we said, that maybe like while she was out in like Hollywood doing stars, she was just exceedingly racist. Oh, for sure. No, that's I, th- I think that's like the reason yeah, why she got, she got she got canceled. Like maybe it's not public knowledge yet, but she can't find like she got blacklisted. She can't find work anymore. Yeah. Because she was too racist. I think some like uh, like a like a schnooky esque character that went to Hollywood and just ended up being like, I don't want to be put next to black people. Yeah. Only she definitely doesn't say black people. <laughs> yeah, she definitely. That's the that's the PG version. She says worse things. She says words uh, like beep and uh, boop boop. <laughs> and I I think to make it, I don't. Mm. I think to make it truly Sopranos, uh, her falling out with Tony has less to do with the racism and more so she says something mean to animals because Tony has a thing where he kind of likes people more. He kind of likes animals more than people. <laughs> Remember when oh, he gets yeah. really upset because he found out his dad lied about his dog being dead. But he's like, yeah, my dog. I had a dog just like that. Went up to a farm because he got old one day. And that's where, that's where dogs go. They're like, Tony, that means your dog died. You tell me my fucking dad lied to me. <laughs> You told me that motherfucker. You told me he do- Where the fuck did he go? <sighs> no, absolutely. I- I'd like to think like uh, like she has a chihuahua and she's like really mean to it. And she's like, her fucking broad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she says some really mean things, but the way she treats that chihuahua, I can't fucking stand it. Okay, so let me follow up then. So she is richer than Tony ever could be, right? She made a lot of money down in LA. And um, she probably is like one of the mafia's like biggest clients at the moment that the falling out happens. Like, I think that they establish a rapport where Tony's like, Jesus fucking Christ on the racism, but he looks the other way because she is like bringing in too much money to ignore it. So when he cuts her off because she does something shitty to an animal or like says something shitty about an animal, it's like, we under, it's this really rash decision that causes huge problems in his life on like a whim that he has. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't it the one episode where he had to lose his boat, Devin. Uh, is that the is that the Nevada? I mean, Tony is. I don't remember that one specifically, but yeah, that makes sense. Tony is a slave to his fucking whims. Like, what's the episode where he just like goes to Las Vegas to bang hookers because he's a little upset because <laughs> someone said he's gotten fat? Yeah, they said you were getting too big, and he ended up like cashing out on some uh some scheme he was doing, and just flew out and just was spending money buying. He what did he, what did he buy a Cadillac out there and then left it there? Yeah. <laughs> You find where Tony has to confront that he has a gambling addiction problem. But no, yeah, it could be something to where, like, uh, you know, she was paying so much, uh, like, in revenue that he just, like, went out and bought something, like, frivolous to make himself look better. And then he has to, like, fight with the idea. It's like, listen, I'll get rid of her, you know, she, to kick the door, but I really like this yacht. 
I just want a scene where Tony like walks up to fucking Richie April's like, you know that broad she was talking about uh something about protocols, Velda's Zion. She Jesus really don't Christ. like the Jews. Yeah, she was saying something about Israel. Israel is something, you know, something about Zion. I thought that. I thought that was the dude that played downstairs with the uh, the basketball. <laughs> and then Meadow would get, like, real upset. Like, why are you trafficking in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, Dad? He's like, I don't fucking know. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> mean? I mean, come on. Tell me what that means. Like, you fucking get mad at me? <laughs> you fucking bitch. Oh, and the heavy breathing that goes to the, the, the early 2000s lazy boy recliner. <laughs> And AJ says something stupid, and he's like, remember when he, <laughs> fucking Christ, but yeah, 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 no, it's, it's a whim decision that creates problems in Tony's life that he has to then deal with for the next episode. And then and somebody does, you know, they do, like, they always have, like, one of the other guys, right, like, what was it, it was, uh, was it Bobby Bacala was, like, he became, like, his new stepbrother, and what, wasn't it, like, something about, like, his dad, like, he, no, it's, it's uncle. Like, he didn't want to take care of him anymore, so Bobby Bacala went ahead and just did it, and he was just like, you think you're better than me? What, you think you think he likes you more? Isn't, isn't Tony's uncle the one who shoots him because he's because he has because he actually has Alzheimer's? Oh, yeah, because he actually has Alzheimer's, and he had no idea who he was, and, like, he came in one night to, like, turn on the TV and leave food for him, and he just, like, turns around and he shoots him in the chest. <laughs> Malenka! <laughs> <laughs> And then AJ's dumbass's plan is to kill his own uncle. And when Tony's like, why were you going to kill my uncle? He's like, because that's your favorite part of the Godfather. When the son's going to kill the one who shot his dad. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was It was really, it's almost the exact like dichotomy as the, uh, was it Michael's family in GTA 5? <laughs> so I definitely think we have a strong personality. We have the fallout. We have a relationship to Tony and how that works. I think... Like, you know, we definitely need to work out kind of... And I think the vibe kind of writes itself of just, like, detached from reality, like, diva. It makes sense. Old Hollywood, old money type of thing. I think matching the aesthetic. And also, it's an HBO prestige show. We have a chance to cast someone. We do. Good point. I'm going to Google movie stars in the 90s. I really tried to type in uh, Italian-American actresses from 1990, and one they gave me was Pete Davidson. Oh, that's right. She does have to be Italian, huh? Yeah, but me, I mean... I was going to say Winona Ryder, but she's got to be Italian. Oh, yeah, you was going to do the anti-Italian defamation right there. You know, just cast somebody else. Yeah, take it personally. That's (laughs) anti-Italian discrimination. Yeah. That's anti-Italian discrimination. Uh, we could, you could do Bella Thorne. Are we going with someone contemporary? Because my thought was like an older actress. Yeah, oh, I want to. Okay. I want to okay. take someone who's from the '90s when the show was coming out. Someone who could have okay. played the role when it was happening. Oh, okay, okay. God, women, fuck women, women. Was is Meryl Streep an option? Meryl Streep could be an option. It's sort of an interesting option because. I think as of the 90s, she's still like a little bit older than I would normally expect to cast this role, which gives her a little bit more of like an aging starlet vibe, which is which is like interesting. Yeah, man. What a world where James Gandolfini could have been acting opposed to Meryl Streep. The magic they could have made. (laughs) 
Remember when James Gandolfini was in Where the Wild Things Are? I forgot that he was. He was also on Sesame Street. He was also in The Mexican. I definitely feel like there's still something missing from this, right? Yeah. I'm having a terrible time. Thank God I'm not a, uh, what are the people that do auditions? An actor? No, 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 that's not the word I'm thinking of. Casting agent. That's the one. See, you see, thank you. Okay, but the casting agents don't, they they don't do, they find people to, to do the, Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was still looking at trying to find uh, Italian actresses to play this this aging starlet. I do like the idea that she's an aging starlet, too. Interesting. I, d- I had no idea Gwen Stefani was that old. So I think some of the missing factor comes down to, like, we have the ways in which she relates to Tony and the larger story and the reason that she's here and what she wants. But I think there's, like, something that needs to be focused on, like an internal conflict of her own that she's dealing with because she's back in the city she grew up in and is rubbing elbows with Tony because she thinks he's somewhat of influence. But, like, other than just kind of loss of fame, what makes this difficult for her? What's her conflict? Mm, That's a really good question. I think you're you're right to diagnose that as the place. I'm thinking, like, the conflict being uh, she doesn't want people to know that she, you know is blacklisted so she's trying to make herself look as you know trying to get back into the light using uh tony's affluence and getting into places and i think her promise that she's finding that nobody really wants her anymore and that's what the falling back on like the drug use and kind of falls into that's like the the sad story behind her the grapples of age (laughs) yeah this is good let me just dying Dying stardom. I mean, if it's an if it's an aging thing, if it's like a, a a recapturing of past glory, then probably what you want is to have a lot of her actions oriented around like recreating a past of hers in the place where she is, like futilely. Right? You find some way to make it clear that she's trying to uh, rebuild her old career or rebuild her own life or like she references a lot of items and and events from her past way more than you would expect a normal person to do something like that you you dramatize like wanting to recapture a a missing past in some way and that does take it back to the sort of core conceit of the show of like it's characters who have to exist in the modern 90s contemporary landscape while wanting to be more of a 50s thing so yeah that uh, that makes sense for a Sopranos character. It'd click in. Like, she's getting older in Hollywood, still caping with, like, her racist acts, lost it, went back, trying to reclaim it in, like, New Jersey, New York area, and just realizing that her time has passed. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think it's like you can't go home again. Remember that scene when, uh, Tony's trying to explain to AJ, it's like, oh, we used to have a community out in, uh, in fucking Newark, you know, we, we looked out for each other, and nah. Now they're all these blacks, and AJ's just like, yeah, but Dad, who gives a shit about Newark? I think I think a scene like that happens. She like tries to buy her old house and finds that it either doesn't exist anymore. There are like black people here, and she's like, what the fuck happened to my town? And Tony's like, ah, someone who gets it. Why do you hate the Jews so much? <laughs> I understand why you get. Yeah, she's just like, I tried to buy my house, but I had to buy it from the. Uh... It's like a, a Jewish light, a, a Jewish realtor agency. Like, why are they in New York or Newark? She absolutely bought her old house. And I think she absolutely like. Like it's the older houses that are like now like in like the worst, like the, 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 the harder part of the neighborhood. 
where she's moved in there and she's like, I hate it. Like just, you know, just being exceedingly racist towards it while still just being like a drug addicted ex movie star trying to glamour, whatever, grab whatever glamour she can. So let me, let me go one step further. I'm going to also give her a goal. I think having a goal for the character is going to, giving her a want is going to be a big deal beyond just having drugs. So I think that since she has the money, she's like bought her old house. She's like working with Tony and Tony is like, has turf in her like space or like she's in his like neck of the woods. I think that her goal and like the thing that she's like trying to work with Tony on is she wants to like, like her, her area has gotten way more desegregated in the past couple of decades. And she's trying to like, buy up all the property and essentially like re-redline the place that she's living. She's like explicitly trying to create a like whites only neighborhood in the place where she grew up, how it used to be for her. And like, it's in Tony's interest to like help her with that plan until he cuts her off for reasons that have nothing to do with the actual moral reprehensibility of the thing that she's trying to do. Yeah, that would fit too, like, with, like, the protection. Like, she would be hiring, like, paying Tony for protection while she, like, goes through and, like, remodels her uh, her old neighborhood. I can't believe we got Meryl Streep to sign off on being a racist slumlord. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Meryl Streepano, the, the slumlord of Newark. I was just about to say, do we need a name? And then we got Meryl Streepano. We are not naming this... her Meryl Streep on This has been the most serious-minded Robert, Robert episode so far. It's been honestly, like, I've been like, yeah, we're just, like, making a character and talking about The Sopranos for real. We're taking this seriously. We are not pivoting to Meryl streep in the last ten minutes. I mean, come on. Like, you gotta, gotta, it's a perfect name. Merlina streep There we go. <laughs> Merlina Streep. Merlina <laughs> Stromboli. <laughs> Merlina Stromboli. Yeah. I like that. She's like, that's my stage name. It was originally, she just says some fucking Italian words. She goes by the name Meryl Streep Oli. This fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got you got the honest answers. You got the real buildup. You got to deal with Meryl Streep Oli, okay? That's the price. That's the price <laughs> of having Robert price. on. <laughs> I knew there would be a price. Oh. Listen, it's just. Back Texas now. It's like when you make a beautiful, a beautiful song, and the producer wants to name it "Poopy Butthole." <laughs> How often does that happen, Bob? Three times. <laughs> to you, seven. Three times to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have. I've made a great song about like my feelings and family life, and uh, my producer called it uh, "Little Stinky's Backdoor Shack." <laughs> I personally can't wait to upload an episode. Called Meryl Streep only, and have people deal with the fact that the bit where we talked about The Sopranos was not just full of hijinks and shenanigans. Just the last minute, it just makes the. If, if there's anything I want the most, is that I want it to look like the uh, the bottom of the barrel whenever I'm on. <laughs> Speaking of James the Gandolfini, the, the Brooklyn <laughs> Wizard, or now we had a. A beautiful talk about, like, explaining uh, Sopranos in depth. Meryl Streep only, the slumlord. Uh, and speaking of the, the bottom. The racist slumlord. The racist slumlord. <laughs> Full title, the racist slumlord. No, it's going to be the, the slumlord, slumlord, parentheses, racist. 
Speaking of barrel, bottom of the barrel, it's time to do the segment I introduced for season two, and that is, I ship it. Dude, what the f In Yowie art, the semi, or top, is usually dominating the UK, or bottom. It was fun! Their relationship is cute, damn it! I ship that! Speaking of bottoms... Hell yeah, baby! The segment of the show where we talk into characters of sexual identity, sexual orientation, how they fuck, who they fuck, who we would ship this character with, or do we think there's any big people like within the fandom that would this character would get shipped with? All things to be discussed now in I Ship It. I like to think that she has the uh, you know uh, a secret a secret relation with like a black like a, a black handyman like that fixes the round. I was I was gonna say she fucks a lot like Richie April, where it's just very like uh, taboo and off-putting. But yeah, no, she's definitely she's definitely fucking a black handyman. Of course she is. Of course oh, she yeah. is. Of course she is. We love I ship yeah, it like, segments like where a said, character's uh, actual sexuality conflicts with their internal ideology and motivations. Now, like you said, like the way that she fucks. I also imagine. Uh, have you guys seen Pearl? Yeah. No, I haven't. What was the one after that? It's called X. I've seen and that when too. She, like Pearl was older, and like she just like her and the old dude like he dies having sex with her. That's how I imagine the sex is. Is just she dies yeah, when so, she does it? Oh no! It's just like that disgusting. Like it. <laughs> like they had like the little pan over shot of like her riding this old man and X, and uh, that's what I like to imagine. Like the little like movie scene is is that you have the the black handyman and her wrinkled racist body. <laughs> I can't She's believe like, we got Meryl Streep to sign off on being a racist slumlord and the sex scene we had in the script is like <laughs> your gross wrinkly back. She's not like that old. Meryl Streep listen, is hot. We, <laughs> listen, it was a really, she she read the script and she felt like it was a, a role that she not only wanted to but needed to play. Meryl so, Streep said, I can, "I can rise to the occasion of being unfuckable." <laughs> yes, yes. She could do anything. It's like it's like I kind of want to be uh, an old unfuckable racist <laughs> who's addicted to drugs. I will say she. I mean, Meryl Streep is hot, and we all know this, but it is possible to shoot any sex scene between any two people as being gross as hell. True. So you so, can just uh, do it with the camera work. Who who do we think? Who do we think? The, the fandom really wants this character to f I think I think the fandom I think the power ship is uh, <laughs> Meryl Streep Oli and Janice <laughs> they're just awful people and they deserve each other they they you know they find themselves and you just have these just two greasy curly haired Italian women angry and fucked up in their own uh Racist slumlord. Just having... Meryl Streep is racist slumlord. <laughs> Just having really aggressive boundary pushing, talking strange, uncomfortable, dirty talk, nasty... Yeah, it's just like an awkward, it's an awkward, an awkward interaction every time. Like, it's like, this shouldn't be, like, this isn't what you guys should be doing. It's, no, 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 here's what it is. It's, they're, like, they're fucking and they're loving it, but everyone who has to watch it, like, all of the audience are just like, oh, this is so fucking not good. But they're in love with the fucking. It's like a train wreck. You can't look away. You can't look away. You can't look away. 
can't look away. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before, but there was a uh, there was a, there was a fun little video, right, where it was a, a little alien, little short dwarf dude, and it was a porno where like they came into like a spooky house, <laughs> and like they just like rubbed their ugly body parts together and left out. But I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't look away. Why would I know that reference? What the but, fuck you know, just man. happened? What are you talking about? Bob, is this a dream you had? Uh, no, nah, this was real. This is real. And I have no idea how to find like, it anymore. That's a thing everyone's seen. Is <laughs> no one else saying that? It's just me? Well, anyway, the feeling I of how that... <laughs> <laughs> one fun fact apiece, fellas. She presents really strong uh, and elegant uh, around people, Um, but anytime we get a shot of her alone, she bites her nails like nobody's business. That's a good one. She doesn't like Italian food. That's also a good one. On... The DVD commentary track, Meryl Streep does an episode of commentary, but is very distracted for an unspecified reason. And this has led to a very, like a whole section on the Sopranos Wikipedia page about the fan theories of what it could have been that distracted Meryl Streep. And they'll bring up like articles about her from the time. And no one knows. But she was distracted on the day she recorded a commentary track for The Sopranos. You think she was having sex I during? Like <laughs> yeah, she that was, was like the thing. You gotta like, you gotta like not. You know, like when you have sex and you're on a phone call and you gotta not give it away. No, I think what was happening uh, during it is that she was watching that one video with the really short dwarf dude <laughs> in the spooky house. <laughs> and she really couldn't explain it to anybody, so she just left it be. I am glad that we ended up with some more. Uh, robert brand content uh, at the end of this episode <laughs> you had to wait for it but but you found it people he made it's you here. wait but it's here so bobby boy would you like to plug your pluggables now that you've uh, interjected your brand of comedy into the end yeah um notre dame is trash <laughs> so don't vote for him uh don't, don't put him in your brackets for march madness 2024 well this has been something um thank you all for joining us my name has been amber autumn she her I've been Prince Devin, he, him. I'm Robert, that bitch. That bitch. Our theme music is by Kyle Alicia, whose work you can find at hollowrib.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to give us a review, give us a rating, give us a comment, and head by our merch store. We'll be selling Italian-American pride flags. Thank you. Thank you. Hand signed, and actually all signed by me in invisible ink. You have to find it if you use an x-ray. Um, and the first person to buy the first, the last 100 of the uh, Italian pride flags get a signed DVD of the uh, spooky little goblin man in the spooky mansion. <laughs> and speaking of things that you won't be seeing anytime soon, join us next week when Amber tries in vain to get us to talk about Gem and the Holograms, but actually we'll be talking about the Hunger Games. Oh, wow. I got yeah. nothing to say. I think you'll have more to say than you think you're going to have to say. I'm going to start talking and you're going to have responses, I think. I mean, that's uh, that's generally how it works, right? I mean, you've, you've seen them. You know what happens in them. You'll be able to respond to takes. I've seen uh, Hunger Games. That's perfect. That's all you really need. I'll explain the rest. Um, yeah, okay. So I don't have a fun sign-off. Rob, you want to take it away? Don't smoke crack, kids. Crack is whack. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.